A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sheila Shoya, and this is Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to online sensation Louise Boyce, better known as Mama Still Got It. So I got this email and I was pleasantly surprised and I looked to my... Six, my six-month-old, and I just said, "Oh, I guess Mama still got it." And then I, I just felt this light bulb moment of, "Oh my God, I need to start something with this with this phrase." Louise is a mum of three whose online content on motherhood is absolutely hilarious, and her book "Mama Still Got It" is coming out on the eighth of June. During our conversation, we naturally speak about motherhood and the loss of identity that can often happen when becoming a mother. But we also talk about modelling, her struggles with an eating disorder early in her career, finding yourself again, social media and her closeness to her sister. Here it is. You have so many fans here in Ireland. We oh, love you. I love that. I, I really like that because I've got, um, I've got Irish family. Um, my, um, my husband's half Irish and his yeah. mum's from Dublin. And so we go to Ireland quite a lot, actually. And I just find the people so welcoming and lovely and everyone's just wonderful. So, yes, I'm a big fan of Ireland. See, I had no clue that. I thought, okay, so she was in Limerick recently because you were taking part mm. in the wellness event, Bill, in, in Limerick yes. with uh, with Fern Cotton and a lot of other speakers. And I thought, okay, you know, maybe that was her first time ever in Ireland, but obviously not. <laughs> obviously no, not. gosh, no, we, we're there quite often. Um, so my husband's grandmother turned mm. 104 um, in September. So we were there for her 100 and fourth birthday oh, party incredible. and she's still she's still in like so with it like she has everything still she's still got it yeah um yeah. and um granny still got it yeah 
she, she, she's, she's, she's insane. And I asked her, I was yeah. like, what's your secret? And she swears by drinking, um, <laughs> like raw, like cod liver oil. Oh, sorry. Like, I thought you were really... going like drinking Guinness. <laughs> no. Well, okay, she does cod... that as well. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, bit of balance. Cod liver oil. <laughs> just hardcore. No. Just drinks it. Hardcore. And it's disgusting. I think I'd rather be dead <laughs> than drink that every day. But, uh, <laughs> like whenever my kids get sick, my husband never gets sick. I get, I get the illnesses. Jesse never gets them. My mother-in-law is never ill ever. Like there's definitely something in the Irish air that just makes everyone just <laughs> very healthy and happy. Okay. I like it. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to take that. So what was it like being in, in Limerick recently and speaking in front of an Irish audience? Was that enjoyable? Yeah, it, it was, it was honestly amazing. It was such an experience for me. I've never done anything like that before. And, um, I don't think I was really expecting that many people in the audience and, mm. um, and it, I was really nervous actually. And, but it was the most incredible event. The audience were, Again, lovely, like really lovely, engaging, like just a great audience. And uh, I loved it. And, the, the, you know, the whole wellness event was just fantastic. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'd love to go back again next year. It was, all of it was just incredible. I'm sure they'd love to have you back. So come here, let's talk about the book first up because okay. it's, a, it's a big moment. Huge congrats. Yeah. Is it true that you you start the book at the beginning of the school year in September? Is that right? Yes. So it's, um, it starts in the school year. So it starts in September and it's basically a year in the life of, um, a mum with kids at school, um, and nursery. And it's kind of all the, all the stuff that we go through as parents and carers throughout the academic school year and all the shit that comes with it. Sorry. Can I swear? Mm. Yeah, of course you can. Okay. thanks. (laughs) And, uh, there's, there's so much that we forget like in just a, in the year, like, you know, today's pancake day, for example. Yeah. 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 Um, and it is in the UK. I don't know if it is. And I don't know. Oh, it is. It is. It is. Island. And I realized at 10 o'clock yeah. last night that I have no pancake mix in. So I'm going to be having to go. <laughs> right. To right. So in a while and make sure that I have exactly, it in. Exactly. So there's always, there's always something throughout the, the year. There's so much and there's, and it's written in a very funny, lighthearted, um, real way um it's very Mm. much like the videos that i do on my on my social media accounts um but obviously because it's a book it's in more depth and it's funny you know i mean i think i mean i hope it's funny i've read it about seven times now i think um and obviously out loud doing the audiobook and i still laugh at parts so um Brilliant. I think hopefully it will be quite relatable to a lot of people out there who have children and feel that, you know, sometimes all of this is too much or too overwhelming or your partner's driving you mad or you're like, you're, you know, ugh, all the stuff, all the stuff that we go through with kids um, wrapped yeah. up in one mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why we, we connect with your content because, okay, well, your reels are brilliant. They're really, really funny. But also it's the fact that you clearly love your children, but you're not afraid to say it is bloody hard sometimes are a bit bonkers. Like one of the ones recently that I saw about, you know, when the first kid 
you know, is out in the garden and they're kind of eating soil second versus the third. I mean, that's proper belly laugh material because, (laughs) you know, I have two children and I can already see the difference in my parenting style with my with Mm. my baby girl versus my boy who's five. Like, yeah, poles apart. So, so different. And I think sometimes the great thing is we're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of uh, a move towards more relatable, real content on Instagram. And, you know, you're one of the, the pioneers of that. But sometimes a lot of accounts can be quite sanitized and it can look all a bit perfect. And I find it very hard to connect to that. So it's about finding that happy medium of you clearly love your kids, but it's OK to say it's hard. And that's actually OK yeah, to say. Well, and it's OK to actually have a bit of fun with yeah. it, too. Absolutely, because that's motherhood. That's motherhood. You know, it's um, it's wonderful, but it's really challenging and it's messy and it's sometimes sometimes crap. And of course, mm. we love our children, but, you know, I'm not going to say that it's perfect every day because it's not. Um, and, you know, with with all the different ages of the children, you go through different challenges. And and with the whole social media thing about, um, you know, we're the first generation of parents to be on social media so this is the first time that we are looking into other people's lives and comparing um and I found myself doing that before I before I was actually on social media as I am now I was um I was on social media but I had a private account and I had just become a mother and I really felt like I was failing with everything and because all the accounts I were seeing were like my god this is perfect everything's lovely this is like, oh my God, this is like love I've never felt before. And there were days where I was like, oh my God, I just don't feel like this. I feel like I'm failing. And is there something wrong with me? And then I saw um, an account. I wish I could remember who it was. I mean, I really wish I could, but someone was like, do you know what? I'm having a really rubbish day. This is really hard. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, hurrah, finally, thank you. It is really hard. So I wanted to kind of touch on the realness of motherhood, but also kind of make it like spin it into comedy to let people know that actually, if you really think about it, it is quite funny. You know, there is going to pass. And I remember things that we went through, um, you know, when our kids, when my, when my eldest was younger, like I remember like he, um, we were potty training him and, you know, he like did a, in a, a wee in this vintage car at this museum and it was awful. And we were asked to leave and it was awful. And I remember at the time being like, oh my God, I'm such a bad mother. And what's wrong with my kid? And oh, this is horrific. Everyone's watching. But now we laugh at it because yeah. like, that was actually really quite yeah. funny. And who cares? Like, you know, we, all these things that we go through, it passes and then we miss them. Like, you know, I actually miss my eldest as a toddler whereas at the time I was like this is really hard but I'd do anything yeah. to go back there now and see him as a toddler again so yeah it's um it's a good reminder isn't it yeah it's a good reminder but it's also you know I, I'm a big believer in laughter's the best medicine and it's good to you know laugh at, at smile at all the little things that we go through um and and that we all go through the same things anyway, like all the little things that annoy us about our kids or our partners or our work or whatever. We're all going through the same thing. And um, yeah. and it's nice to, it's nice for my followers to say to me, like, thank you for making me not feel alone. Or, you know, thank you for, yeah, making me smile because, you know, their kids been driving them crazy or something. And, mm. you know, it's just mm. hopefully we can all relate to it. They're all normal. Absolutely. (laughs) 
And and you know what you said there is is so true, and it's nice to be reminded that wherever we're at, you know, in in our and I know this 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 part of the conversation is 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 I suppose really connecting to to mothers to parents, but they are phases that at the mm. time can feel incredibly intense and you're just like, oh, can we just fast forward this bit? But actually in time, mm. you can look back in a completely different way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that comes with um, with my first child. And I think maybe a lot of people are like this. We worry more because it's their, our first and everything that they do is the first time for us as well. Whereas with my second and third, when they do something that my eldest did, I don't worry so much because I'm like, oh, that will pass. It's fine. I think you definitely do understand phases a lot more um, Mm. with like your second or third child. Like this morning, for example, my youngest, who's three, and she's a very tricky three-year-old. You know, the reels that I do on her, they are all real stories. Like, you know, (laughs) she's very tricky, but she's wonderful. Um, But this morning was the first morning, I think, in a good eight, nine months where she got dressed very, very easily. There was no kind of tantrum about not wanting to wear that or refusing to wear that. Like she actually just got dressed with what I offered to give her, like, like firsthand. And I was and you're just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then you look back on the times where she didn't do that. And like, you know, getting her out of the house in the morning, you know, for the getting the kids to school and getting her to nursery, it was such a stress because she just refused to get dressed. And then it resulted in some kind of like rugby tackle between us both to try and get her tights and her legs and, oh, legs and her tights even. And it was so stressful. And I remember thinking, God, I can't wait for this phase to pass. And I kind of feel like maybe now it's passed. And then you look back And you think, oh, it wasn't that bad anyway, was it? It was fine. And, you know, it's fine. So the phase thing, there are, you know, kids go through phases all the time. My brother's baby is a year old. And uh, within this last year, he's been saying, you know, what, you know, is this normal? What did you do for that? And I'm like, I can't remember. I I can't remember. It's bizarre. But if I was to have another baby, which I'm totally not, but if I was, I kind of feel like it all comes back to you, like in a weird, like, like riding a bike, it will just come back to you and instinct kicks in so perhaps it would come back I don't know but I'm definitely not having a fourth one (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about modeling because you started very young in that industry and Mm. I know you're younger than I am but still you were modeling in the 90s and any of us Mm. who were teens in the 90s you know, we the, we we know that it was the age of of the model of the supermodel and and all mm. that went with it. So that was, I would imagine, a pretty intense time in your life. Am I right in thinking that? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, it was it was a very difficult time. Um, it, you know, it was 1995, and it was as you said, the height of like the Kate Moss, the height of heroin chic. Um, Mm. And I was the complete opposite of heroin chic. Um, And there were lots of pressures that I was under and I was 15, you know, I was still a child and it was a time before social media. Um, I don't even think we had a computer at home. Like there wasn't the internet. It was a very different time. 
and there was no place for me to so basically I started modeling and I was told very very quickly that I needed to lose weight and you know I was really small anyway I was like a UK size yeah. 8 to 10 I was tiny um tiny and it was very strange because I'd never had anyone talk to me like that before as in like I'd never had anyone say to me you need to lose weight like this is serious and I was too embarrassed to tell my mom or tell my friends because you know, I'd just been signed by this amazing modeling agency. Like, oh my God, Louise is so lucky. La la la. It's fantastic. But, I, and I wanted to kind of keep up that. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, so I didn't say to anyone, I didn't tell anyone that I was asked to lose weight. Um, and in quite a, you know, quite a horrible way as well. You know, I was kind of pulled into a meeting room. My hips were measured with a measuring tape and they slapped my thigh and they were like, you need to lose two inches in two weeks. And, you know, when you're 15 and you really want to be Whoa. part of this modeling agency and you really want it to work, you kind of just agree with it. And you're like, oh, okay, of course I, I can do that. That's no problem. And then you leave this meeting and you're like, how on earth am I going to do that? Like, I don't know how yeah. to do that. Um, and, um, it was very, it was very stressful and it was really quite sad. It was depressing because I was, going to all these castings and meeting photographers and nothing was coming of it because I guess everyone was thinking you need to lose weight. And if I could go back to that girl, I kind of really wish that I had the confidence and the, the power to say, hang on a minute, this isn't right. Uh, you know, why can't you just accept me how I am? Um, and, 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 and I wasn't alone. Like the amount of girls that were told the same thing to lose weight, and then you did see lots of eating disorders happen. I got an eating disorder because it, that was the only route that I thought I could go down to make it work. Um, and because so was I was it almost expected? Mom, I mean, it was it was very very common, and the amount of girls that I know who went through the same thing as I did, it's almost like, well, yeah, you know, it's just part of the part of the job as part of the CV and it shouldn't be at all. Um, and luckily, you know, it has, it has got better and it has changed now. Um, and I did, um, I did quit the industry because I just, I just got too sick and I was just miserable. Um, okay. and it just wasn't, it, it just, it, you know, I, I think by this point I was now 18 and I'd spent two years of my life being uh, bulimic and, miserable and 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 obviously it was all I was suffering in silence like nobody knew um yeah. and it wasn't until um I actually moved away to Australia to to do some modeling for a while and the work there was better because it was more like bikinis being on the beach and my body was more suited for that because I had you know I had a bit of boob and a bit of bit of hip um yeah and so I worked there, but I was still in the mindset of having to be bulimic. Um, and so I continued to do it. And, and, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's frightening because it came the norm. You know, it became so normal for me to do that to myself. And then, right. and then I kind of moved on to laxatives. And I remember, I remember like taking so many laxatives one night um, and the next morning, like I was basically, it was like, now that I've given birth, it felt like I was in labor. I was like buckled over in, in the tube station in Sydney, like desperate to find a loo 
didn't know where one was and I was in the worst pain and and I was just like what am I doing like and it's just it's just crazy and I, and there were so many people that went through the same thing and then when I came home from Sydney my my uh, family came to pick me up at the airport and that's I think that was the turning point because they hadn't seen me at all for like eight six to eight months it was before FaceTime, you know, Zoom calls, social yeah. media, there was none of that. So we we did not look, see each other at all. And mm. um, so they saw me at the airport and they knew they were like, something's up, you're, you're not right. And they just all like burst into tears. And it was such an emotional uh, experience, actually. And I've got to say, it was the help of them that helped me kind of overcome it all. Um, and at the same time, I realized that I hated what I was doing to myself and didn't, you know, I wasn't particularly working loads. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I could live off at the time. So I decided to quit, um, which what was age a you very good 18? decision to make. So by yeah. this point I was, yeah, I was 18 and then, and then I spent, about two years just stepping away from the industry, building myself back with, um, mm. you know, kind of, kind of believing in myself a bit more like confidence and not throwing up my food. And, and it was done very organically and it was done out of love. And my family, I must admit, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, there wasn't any like watchful eyes on me. They just left me to it, but at the same time checking in. And I think because I had stepped away from the industry and stepped away from my agency, I didn't feel the pressure that I had to be a certain weight. Um, so that was, um, mm. yeah, that was good. It was good for the soul as well. Like I really felt like I could just be, be myself and, you know, try and accept myself for who I was. Um, and then uh, so now you now, yeah. So two years later, um, a friend of mine told me about an agency that catered for, for models that were slightly curvier. So by this point I had gained some weight and I was really actually proud of myself. This is what's crazy. So, so when I went to this other agency, I was a, mm. si a UK size 12 and it, it was, it was called plus size, which is just yeah. the most ridiculous ridiculous um mm. it's now changed the word the wording has now changed it's it, it has evolved onto curve and mm. um but, I, but again i don't think it starts at a 12 anymore because a 12 is tiny um and and, and actually yeah. it, all of it has evolved that there used to be like you'd have like straight size modeling and then plus size modeling and i kind of really feel like now it's all kind of like molding into one so, you, so it's just modeling you know instead of like having yes, to label yeah, 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 yeah. what size you are which you know again thank goodness but um at the time I joined this agency um was quite nervous about it because I was like oh god I'm going back into this territory that you know damaged me before and I was worried that they were gonna tell me to I don't know you know lose weight or whatever like I was always I was quite paranoid that they were going to tell me that again I, I needed to change something but I was actually quite pleasantly surprised that they were like, right, great. This is to get you to work. And, um, and I said to myself, I'd give it six months because I was worried about, you know, I didn't know what 
what would happen really going back into the industry. Were you worried that you might slip back into being bulimic again? No, I knew that I, no, I wasn't worried about that. I think I was just worried generally about people picking apart my appearance. Um, And that does go hand in hand when you are a model, you know, you are booked on how you look. And I always knew that maybe I wasn't thin enough, but then when I joined this agency, my, my weight was okay. I think I was more worried about my, um, I don't know, the way I looked or, you know, I guess a bit of, you know, paranoia came in thinking that I might have to change again. And, you know, is it going to affect me again? And, but it was, it wasn't that at all. It was, I was accepted and I worked and I had a great career, you know, kind of representing women with curves and, you know, being the model in uh, campaigns for, you know, lingerie that aren't retouched. So you did see the odd bit of cellulite and, you know, some rolls, which are all normal. Um, you know, yeah. I was doing that. And again, it was really healing for me because, you know, the girl f- three, four years prior to that would never have done that. Um, mm. So, and it was nice to kind of champion the whole, like, you're normal. It's okay to have the, you know, as I said, cellulite or stretch marks, whatever, it's normal. And it was nice to mm. kind of, to, to, to show that off in a way. It was also, it was like a healing process for me in a way. Um, and I really loved yes. it. I, I really loved it. And I, I was, um, was doing this, uh, modeling for God, well, about 12 years. And, uh, and it, you know, what's bizarre is when I was told to lose all this weight in the early days, I wasn't working at all. And then as soon as I could just be myself, that's when I was started to, to make a living out of modeling. And it's just like, well, you know, <laughs> hello, loves going to be me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Great. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I, we, we've discussed, we've discussed eating disorders uh, on the pod before and, you know, it's, it's, it's great when people open up on, on, on a part of their lives that is, that has caused them such pain. Um, but for you, it sounds like with your bulimia, did you, am I right in thinking that you, you did it alone or, or did you get, did you get help with like with therapy, with outside help? How did you, how did you get over it? How did you conquer it? I'm really close to my sister and she was like my therapist in a way without realizing it. I think we just, we just talked a lot and she might like if you met my sister you'd love my sister she's very open she's very upfront like there's no there's no shit with her and and I love that about her and I love that about everyone actually um and she was just like why what are you doing to yourself you look awful just stop and um and then so I Mm. opened up to her and so she was like my therapy in a way um And again, at the time, you know, back in the 90s, talking about mental health and therapists, again, it wasn't really something that we did. Um, Mm. It definitely wasn't on my radar. I mean, it definitely is now. But as an 18-year-old, without really having any means of finding a therapist, apart from maybe going to like, I don't know, the Yellow Pages or something, I didn't... It wasn't, it wasn't even on my radar. And, um, luckily I I did, I did get to talk to, um, my sister and my mom, of course. And I think all of us, we just were very, very tight family and we just all clubbed together and, and they, they helped me and they got me through it. And it's something, you know, that we talk about, you know, it comes up in conversation a bit, you know, I've got another family member, unfortunately, who's going through an eating disorder at the moment. And, you know, so again, we're all kind of clubbing together and trying to help as much as we can. Um, but this, but this family member is also seeking professional help as well, because now we know it is available and eating disorders in children are actually on the rise, unfortunately, Mm. because of things like social media and, whatnot. So it's still very much around, but there is more help available as well now. Um, and people are, people are talking about these issues more and more, which is, which is really healthy. Yeah. And helpful to hear, you know, when people Mm. speak about the coming out the other side bit that there is when Mm. you're in it and you feel like perhaps this is going to be your life. No, there, there is a way of, uh, of leaving Mm. it behind and, Mm. It's it's great that you that you had that support and that you 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 got through it. Um. So yeah. So mm. so we are now the job offers are flying in. You are you know you, you are very beautiful physically anyway. We know this. It's obvious. So so you're getting loads of job okay. offers, and then you find out that you're you're pregnant with your first baby, 
and yes, and, and something happens. You're to, from a work yes. perspective, you're kind of you're kind of told you're told something. And what is that something that you're told? I was told I was done. Um, and that was it. Thank you very much. Bye bye. See you later. And I was absolutely. Um, well, I felt really lost. I felt really lost. Like I completely lost my identity. You know, I'd been working and traveling and have, you know, had an income to then having absolutely nothing, um, and having a baby on the way. And I never thought that I would bring a child into this world without knowing what I was doing for a living, for a job. I, I had no idea. I mean, I, it's not something that you, you know, most people, when they want to plan a baby, they're like, well, it's cool. Cause I've got this job and I've got this maternity pay and I can go back to the job at this point. I had, I had no idea. And, and there's, there's no, um, there's no safety net of, well, you get this much maternity leave pay, or you can come back after X amount of months. It's the unknown. It's literally the unknown. And because my agency at the time, my previous agency were like, well, that's, that's that, you you know, again, you believe it and you're like, oh my God, what now? What now? So, um, I, I had my, my first child, um, which was, you know, lovely, beautiful. And, you know, I became a mother and, um, but there was a part of me that felt very, as I said, like lost and alone. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And then my agency that I'm with now, um, they were looking for help in the office. So they said, do you want to just help in the office? Like two days a week, you can work around your baby. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you. Like, hurrah. I've got, I've got a job. Yay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, when I was there, obviously talking to clients and um, booking models on jobs, some clients said, well, can we book you? I was like, oh, I don't know, actually, maybe. And so that evolved into me working in the office every now and like working in the office and then every now and then doing some modeling shoots. So that was great. Um, and then when my second baby came, it got trickier to do the office stuff because they wanted me full time. And it was really tricky. I think anyone who's a working, a full-time working mum in an office knows that it's really tricky to kind of make the school pick up on time and all the half terms and the holidays that come with school. I found it very mm. tricky. So we agreed that it wouldn't work out if I went back, but they still had me on their books as a model. Um, but at the time, again, I... I wasn't on social media as I am today and I didn't know when the next modeling job was going to come in and I felt really, I was back to feeling alone and like, oh my God, now I have two kids and I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my career or anything. Um, and then I did get an email from my agency saying there's this, uh, this shoot coming in. It's in Italy, great photographer, great fashion team. They want to, they want to book you. Do you think you're ready? And at the time, my second child was six months old and I was, uh, you know, at home, bit bored, bit miserable. So I got this Mm. email and I was pleasantly surprised. And I looked to my six, my six month old and I just said, oh, I guess mama's still got it. And then I just felt this light bulb moment of, oh my God, I need to start something with this with this phrase. I didn't know what it was going to be or, or I didn't 
I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to do something. Mm. And I bought the domain name like immediately. And, um, and then just thought, well, if I'm feeling lost and like I've lost my identity and feel like mm. I've been pushed out of the workplace, then there must be other women out there that feel the same way. And I want to try and make them feel better or not alone. We're in this together and, and champion this and, you know, kind of take away the stigma that can come with motherhood, which is, you know, where you're kind of like almost damaged goods in a way. And when it comes to like the workplace or how you are in your appearance, you know, <laughs> everyone says, oh, she's let herself go, whatever. It's like, well, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, under, under all this motherhood, we're still fabulous. And there's still so much that we want to be and can be. Um, so that is initially where Mama Still Got It came from. And you've hit on so many things there. I mean, I think the the loss of identity that can come with that transition, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I can we can only speak because we're women, uh, uh, coming from the perspective as as mothers. But obviously, it, you know, it, it must happen for for men too when they become fathers because you know priorities change, everything changes. But particularly for women because we're physically, you know, mm. often growing these babies, giving birth to them. There's huge mm. physical, mental, and emotional change that comes with that you know, career changes, financial change. And I, I, yeah. I connect with so much of what you've just said. And I'm, I'm certainly still actually in that phase right now. Um, you know, my baby girl is, is 15 months and, you know, the juggle, regardless what age your kids are at is, is, is tough. I, I totally get it, but I am definitely still trying to find that bit of balance in my day to day between, as you said, the school drop off, the crash drop off, whatever it might mm. be. And then you know, mm. tend to your own career and not let the emails, mm. you know, um, uh, pile up. But that loss of identity mm. and, you know, the the feeling of of voicing it and saying, you know, connecting with people, that's the beauty of, of a social media platform like Instagram or TikTok or whatever, mm. whatever it is, that you can connect mm. with people and, and help them feel less alone. You have certainly used your voice and your face to uh, push ahead and make a difference. And I, I was so impressed about the, uh, the Push It Out campaign. And I'd love if you would speak about it because, again, it's kind of like you're pulling back the curtain for us and you're kind of mm. telling people, <laughs> wait a second now. What you're saying, you're not really seeing the full picture here. And you already, you've mentioned it a number of times, comparison. It's a, it's a, it's a big downside to the online world and what we see and what we think we see. And we're not always seeing the full picture. Mm. So can you tell us about what you did? Yes. Um, so as a model, I always knew that when you became pregnant, you generally didn't do any maternity modeling uh, because they will use a model that's not pregnant and put on a, uh, a foam bump. And so whenever I was pregnant, I always knew this. And when I was pregnant with my third, by this point, I was on social media and I got, I think I was, I was 17 weeks pregnant and I basically went on maternity leave because I started to show and I knew that I wasn't going to work. And I put this on my Instagram thinking that it was just common knowledge um, because I guess I'd just, I was in the industry and it was just thought, I just thought everyone knew the same thing. So I put on my Instagram Mm. that I was 17 weeks pregnant and officially on maternity leave. And did you know, fun fact that, um, a lot of brands, not all of them, but a lot of them use a fake foam bump on their not pregnant models. 
And I was really overwhelmed by the response because I didn't realize that because pregnant women were looking at these perfect images online of models in maternity wear, that because they were so perfect, a lot of pregnant women were feeling depressed, they were dieting, they were comparing and generally feeling crap about themselves because they didn't look like the the person online. And some Mm -hmm. followers of mine were so happy to hear this because they made them realize, oh my God, okay, my bump is normal. I don't need to worry because that girl's not pregnant. And, you know, we know that bumps come in all different shapes and sizes. You know, we don't all have the perfect tiny bump when we're like in our third trimester. Like we don't, Uh, I certainly Mm. didn't anyway. And so I started a campaign called push it out to basically ask brands to have more honesty in maternity advertising and ask for them to put on their website, like a disclaimer saying that if they are using a phone bump to state it on their website, state that the model is not actually pregnant um, and use more pregnant models. And um, the campaign, it it got heard. And again, at the time I had a very, a much, much smaller following, but people were really interested and, and were on board with it. And because of the campaign, it did make a difference. Brands like ASOS um, and um, um, Boohoo started to change the wording on their website and they started to say, this model is now wearing a a fake bump. Um, And then other brands actually started to use real models so there, so it's, it's nice for me to know that I did make a, you know, a small difference, even mm. if it's just awareness to pregnant women that, you know, what you see online isn't necessarily true. Um, because some of the, some of the models that the brands were using were so, so, so almost unrealistic because they weren't pregnant and it really was affecting the consumer, And they had no idea. They had no idea. And to think of a pregnant woman, when our hormones are all over the place as it is, to think of a pregnant woman dieting and comparing yourself to someone who's not even pregnant, it's just just so – it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't um, make any sense. And I suppose you were you were doing something that actually had a really positive impact on those who are viewing the advertising, but also you were having a positive impact within your industry, also giving work in a way to mm. women who maybe prior to that would have been told, okay, you're going to park your career for a period now because there really (laughs) isn't a work for you. No, actually, wait a second. Oh, you're pregnant. So we're doing this campaign and we actually need somebody with a bump. How far along are you? There might be some work in it for you. So you must have been, you you must have garnered more fans as well within the industry as in your colleagues, your, your, your modeling, your modeling colleagues, you know, who were happy with what you were doing. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, it worked both ways, really, because I obviously had colleagues that were pregnant and 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 then could still work. But then I had colleagues that made a living from wearing the bumps. And oh, okay. Sometimes they were. Okay. Never like Louise. <laughs> it worked both ways, but uh, yeah. it worked uh, both ways. But uh, you know, but there are there are you know not there are brands out there that were were always using real models. And that was obviously quite obvious because it would be mm. like lingerie and you'd see the real bump. But when it came to like fashion, like massive fashion brands, like, um, like ASOS, for example, 
you know, with the amount of maternity wear that they have on their website and to think how, how much traffic that website gets, mm. the fact that it, nothing was being said, nothing was like said that, you know, this, this girl's not, uh, not pregnant. Um, it, it, it just needed, you know, you need, to, you know, when you like you shop anyway, and it says this model is five foot 10 and she's wearing a size yeah, 10 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. we have that information, yeah. but we never had the information mm. on she's not actually pregnant or she is pregnant and it, she's wearing a bump and it's 52 inches wide or whatever. Like, so now that is in place and, um, and that's great. But what, what is, uh, what is bizarre is I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who, uh, was a model she was putting on the fake bumps and you know she she was doing that and that was her that was her career and that's great and then when she did fall pregnant herself and was like oh I don't need to wear a bump anymore you can just use my bump they got rid of her <laughs> they were like well we don't want to use your real bump we just uh so they even though she was pregnant they she got fired and they got someone else in and put a fake bump on her again that's mental isn't it? Yeah, I know. Crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. But well done you. Um, you know, and that must be a really satisfying aspect of of your career looking back at what you've what you've done because, you know, doing something that really makes a positive difference is great. And and your content is obviously not just really really funny and, you know, silly at times. It's also helping people feel more normal in their experience of mm-hmm. of parenthood and motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um the little hands, is it true that they were a gift <laughs> to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um yes, so when I had my third, my friend came over to meet the baby and um she gave me these hands <laughs> I was a bit weird like you know bottle of wine would have been nice but anyway she gave me these hands and then she was just like oh you'll need an extra pair of hands now that you have a third child I was like oh okay that's the connection but I thought that's a bit weird a bit creepy so I just put them in my put them in a drawer that you know never gets touched um and so that's why I had them in the first place. And then during the second round of homeschooling during COVID, so this is the January 21. Mm. It was a, not, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And um, Mm. when my, when my kid, like I said earlier, was saying, oh, mummy, watch, mummy, watch. And you're, you're trying to work on your laptop and you're constantly getting distracted by kids. And, and uh, I, I thought actually that's that could make a good funny video because we can all relate to that at the at the time, and so I yeah. asked him to to recreate it, and, and he was just like, no, no, of course not. Give me a snack and no, and yeah. um, so I was like, oh, well, I have to do it myself then, and I thought, well, how can I how can I look like a child? And I thought about doing all sorts of things like putting on my kid's jumper or no, and then I was like, oh, I've got these weird hands. I'll give that a go. Um, and I guess the rest is history. Yeah. And I can't believe how it's just bizarre because I sent the video to my mum before I posted it. And she was like, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know who you're supposed to be. And I'm like, um, supposed to be a child. I'm saying mummy. And anyway, and she was like, no, I don't think you should post it, but, but I did anyway. And, um, and now I'm known on Instagram, you know, for the for the little hand lady, and it's, uh, little- <laughs> <is that really? laughs> and do you use an app for 
it, Bernie, am I right in thinking Bernie is the is the yeah. top? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you use an app yes, for Bernie? I do. Okay, because your yeah, eyes I are do. massive, so and I'm a, like, how does she do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a there's a filter on TikTok that's it makes your face look okay. like a like a child, so it makes yes, your eyes okay. bigger. It kind of makes your skin like look like a baby, and it distorts your voice. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, so that's again that the, the two together, and it's and I did it once thinking it would be like a one off, and uh, and because. I don't know because people were like, "Oh my god!" It just it just went viral, and people yeah, seemed yeah, to yeah. like the weird hands. And I was like, "This is yeah. peculiar." We love right. the weird. Hands. <laughs> uh, it was really strange. So I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do another one." And I did another video, um, and then I think I did another one, and then I was wearing like this this pink hoodie, hmm. and then without realizing it, the pink hoodie then became part of the character. Um, and it just evolved that way. And I get sent videos and pictures of um, my followers' children on a daily basis, them dressing up as Bernie. In fact, oh, one brilliant. parent told me that they went, oh, it's crazy. And one parent said that their kid dressed up as Bernie for last Halloween. And I was like, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, like, it's crazy. Um, but it's, it's, but you know, it's, it's cool. And, um, it's it's something it's quite accidental i didn't i didn't join instagram to be bernie but yeah here we are so here we are <laughs> fantastic have you do you have a particular favorite sketch that will, or one that stands out where you you just kind of go right that i just got it right there well i mean you always get it right but is there any one in particular that stands oh, out i really still like um a day in the life of a toddler which is pinned on my Instagram. Yeah. So you can see it when you first get yeah. the page. And yeah. it's, um, I think that's my favorite one because yeah. I really enjoy it. And when you dive it, on the couch at the end. Just, yes. 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 And because that literally was, that is the day. I mean, it really was. And yeah, <laughs> again, it, it went viral and people were like, this is, because it's so true. They touch everything. So they yeah, touch everything. everything. And then, the end of the day you're just exhausted and you just you're like oh god here we go and and at the time when I was <laughs> filming it um it was when my toddler was starting to get out of the cot you put them to bed but they can like get their legs over and get out oh, of the yeah. cot and come in annoy you and um yeah so that's probably my favorite sketch um I've got a few, but I think if I was to, to pick one that would be my favorite one. That would be it. I'm actually working on one at the moment uh, which is very similar style, but for a three-year-old, because it's quite similar, but it's in, yeah, this, I, I'm, I'm in the mid, well, I'm trying to put that one together. Cause I take a while to, to put together. Um, I can imagine. So, yeah, Do you have an average amount of time between like kind of writing up the content and actually recording it to then, you know, clicking post on Instagram? Um, I, well, I mean, I, tr- try and fit it in whenever I can but I'd say generally Mm. when it's like scripted they take longer because you do have to script it and then film it and then kind of edit it together and make sure that all works properly um like some can take all day to do um Mm. whereas others other simpler ones don't take long at all um 
but but I it's it's strange because I never thought that I was um I never thought that I was funny and I would never have considered myself funny at all and it wasn't until Really? Okay. Yeah, honestly like it's just it it was it all happened quite well it was very accidental and very yeah, it all it all started because I just was in a really kind of anxious place when covid first hit. And mm. I just felt like I needed to laugh more. So I was looking at other people's content on TikTok and it was all very funny, not necessarily about parenting, but just general life stuff. And I was laughing and I thought, well, I'll, I'll give this a go. I'll, I'll do a video and see what happens. Really quite terrified, to be honest, because um, it was completely different to all my other content. But um, it people liked it so I still still yeah. do it and um yes but honestly I I am um, weirdly like I'm quite a shy person okay. yeah so the fact that I'm now like on this platform as this funny lady with weird freaky plastic hands is quite weird <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fab so what makes you laugh then like is there is there is there a someone or a thing, you know, that makes you belly laugh. Uh, silliness makes me laugh. Um, mm. My sister, my sister really makes me laugh. Like she's just, she's as silly as I am. And we've done a few videos together where um, yeah. we're like mimicking what our six-year-old boys do when they're walking down the street or sitting so at the dinner funny. table and not sitting still. <laughs> like, it's just like that make, like that actually makes me laugh. Um and very, um, very well scripted comedy makes me laugh. Like, um, like quite dry, quite dry humor. Um, nothing mm. too obvious. Um, I know that sounds awful, but you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, I'd watch, you know, those programs like you've been framed when you just see lots of funny videos of home videos of like people falling over, but not hurting themselves or it's just, yeah. just real, accidental silliness just I find yes. really quite funny I'm, I'm a bit childish in that way but anyway <laughs> keeps you young keeps you young it's good we all need to yeah. be silly more often and playful more often thank you for being that release for us you know because often I can be you know just getting out my day you know tidying up doing a bit of work doing this doing that and the next thing if I go on my Instagram and I scroll and I find one of your reels you bring a smile to my face I often laugh out loud and if oh. I have been feeling a bit bleh, it instantly lifts my mood. And I know you do that for so many people who are listening to our conversation right now. So uh, from oh, me and my thank pals, you. thank you for being you and oh. uh, for doing what you do. Because you make a difference. You do and you um, oh, keep doing really it because kind. you're fab. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I've got to say just, as well, like the truth. It's, it's you guys as well that keep me going. If I didn't get lovely comments or likes or shares I probably wouldn't I'd probably have stopped by now but you know my gorgeous followers keep me going as well so I want to thank you guys as well thank you for all your likes and shares and comments honestly um, I appreciate them all. I'm so grateful. So thank you guys as well. So the book Mama Still Got It out in June. Make sure you pre-order. Can you pre-order now? Yes, yeah. yes, you can. Happy. There's an Amazon. You can pre-order it on Amazon. Um, yes, and it's out in um, June, June, June the 8th. Yes. If you enjoyed this conversation, there are plenty of episodes on motherhood on Ready To Be Real with guests like Lucy Kennedy, Denise Phillips and Caroline Moran. 
Thank you so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.